Welcome to the Performance Level Podcast, where we aim to empower individuals to unlock their full potential through conversations with experts in all fields of performance. Join us as we delve into the tools, techniques, and strategies needed to ignite personal growth, overcome challenges, and guide leaders towards impactful and fulfilling lives. Together, let's unleash potential and ignite performance. I wanted to touch on sleep and its importance, um, really um, with regards to, you know, its relationship with brain function, as you mentioned, right? Uh, You mentioned sleep hygiene and making sure that, um, you know, I'm guessing what you're talking about there is the ability or having a routine uh, before bed um, to, in order to, maximize the quality of sleep is that what we're talking about there or is it is it just much more just the amount and quality of sleep that you're getting well uh shall i start Bjorn, and then you you can go into maybe uh, uh brain yeah. plasticity and acetylcholine uh, go for it uh, what I would like in like <laughs> to warm up um I would say that the 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 most amazing thing I learned while doing a lot of research about, about sleep is that the way you um, design your day, like your full day, not even only like a couple of hours before you go to sleep, the way you design your full day will affect the night that you have which will affect the day that you have after. I always thought I just go to sleep. I hope I have a good sleep. And then, uh, you know, that's a bombshell for me. Explain, explain, please go deeper. It it was to me as well. And understanding sleep requires understanding behavior throughout the day. And it's as simple as an example of uh, getting a cup of coffee. I don't know if you've talked about that during um, uh, your sleep podcast. Um, we didn't go too much into caffeine um, yet. So yeah, no, well, please, yeah. um, the metabolism of the brain gives this extra, uh, um, um, yeah, what do you call it? Chemical, which is called uh, adenosine. So you okay. build up adenosine uh, throughout the day. And you you need sleep to like decrease your adenosine. Taking coffee will actually um, uh, block the buildup of the adenosine, the felt buildup. So, but there is still a buildup. So if you like, uh, because during the day you would build up in adenosine and then you would feel more tired and more tired and more tired. At one point you go to bed, your sleep pressure is as high. Of course, there are other things like circadian, how how I call it? Circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm, uh, light, melatonin, of course. But for, for just looking at adenosine right now, the sleep pressure is high enough and you go to sleep and then you'd like drop in adenosine and you know, it all starts again if you have for sleep, you're, you you get up with a, 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 a high level of adenosine. So you be the sleep pressure will build up more and more and more. Using caffeine will not let you experience the sleep pressure that you should. Mm. But the so it's build-up, basically just blocking. It's blocking, blocking the feeling of, of, of being tired, but you actually still are tired. Your body needs yes. sleep, but you just don't know it. Yes. Wow. And uh, you know the caffeine dip when it's like mm. uh, work, like like after a couple of hours you feel like oh I could use uh, a pick me up again you know and it's a, it's the adenosine that you haven't felt you'd be feeling right. So as connoisseurs of coffee, you saying are you both saying that coffee is bad or, <laughs> well, or just coffee. at the right time at the right time? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it was James Nestor I think at Uberman Podcast who who said for his yeah. own podcast saying drink coffee but use it wisely. <laughs> you know, there's also mm. many beneficial antioxidants in coffee that we should actually use. But yeah, the caffeine uh, part of it, uh, you should take with precautions. And for me, I I have to say, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
uh, I I quit drinking caffeine. Well, at least I do decaf now because of uh, the effect it has on my on, on me. You know, I, if I drink a, a cup of coffee like a flat white at 1 p.m., 1 p.m., <laughs> I have trouble falling asleep in the nighttime. Mm. So uh, I'm really sensitive to that. And I also, like, it's a really individual uh, sensitivity. So you have to, like, find out yourself. But my mom and dad, they still drink coffee at 8, 9, I 11. Know, yeah, there's some people who can. Yeah, yeah well, we, well, we don't have, uh, we don't have every any problem. But my both my mom and dad... They are bad sleepers. <laughs> well, well, I'm interested. I'm interested to go like like deeper. Like apart from coffee, how else can you design your day? You said designing your day. Are there any other things to take into consideration um, when designing your day to, to maximize sleep? Say again. Get fatigued. Do fatigued. a lot. Exercise, right? Yeah. Yes. Exercise or uh, engage in learning activities or learn new skills. Get your brain active so the metabolism goes up, so the adenosine goes up. Okay, right? but then is there a time during the day that you should do this? Just before bed or earlier? Because I'm guessing that, well, I know for a fact, uh, performance, for example, one thing that has come up with certain clients, so I do performance coaching, mental skills coaching with some clients and um, a big issue, especially for athletes that perform late at night, is they still have that uh, adrenaline, right, um, of the exercise, and they can't go to sleep till like two, three o'clock, right? So, should we be doing exercise later on if we can, if if we can, or should we try and do that earlier in the day? You want the you want to know what the pill is again, right? No, yeah. never the pill, never the pill. These are <laughs> just the right this time. Is again, <laughs> no, never the pill. <laughs> um, I think, the, I think the pill is called. I think it's called Ambien. That's the pill. Mm-hmm. Not a good <laughs> pill, though. Not yes. not not a not yes. a solution that you're gonna want to uh, hold on to for any length of time. That's absolutely. really really bad side effects. No, absolutely. Um, but it, yeah, well, it all it, it all depends on what your your goal is. It all depends on how well you deregulate uh, or regulate. Um, but for instance, learning, learning new skills, Bjorn. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's so, it's so clear again how this is a we, uh, how this is a, a when question and a how question and not a what question, and and everybody's constantly obsessed with the what, right? What do I do? What? It's not what you do. It's how you do it. There are literally an infinite number of ways to do this right i'm sure there's probably an even greater infinite number of ways of doing it wrong (laughs) but there's an infinite number of ways of doing this right um it, it just has to be done there has to be a particular order of operations because this is this goes right back to what we are talking about um, as far as connections with your nervous system on a fundamental level, your nervous system is, is trying to predict future. And so if you give it a certain kind of regularity, it's going to reward you because that regularity that you put in your life by allowing your nervous system to be more correct about the predictions that it's trying to make means it's going to prepare itself. And it means it's going to prepare itself in a more efficient way for the next thing that's going to have to come, right? And that's almost a way of thinking about our circadian rhythm to begin with, because anybody who's been to the other side of the world on a jet plane knows that it doesn't take your body too long to figure out what went wrong as far as it's concerned, right? Because it doesn't know about, it's it's 10 million year old evolutionary uh, uh, systems don't know about jet travel, right? So they don't know that we're able to do this to suddenly make the sun go up nine hours too late or too early, right? What happens? Um, it, it's an unsafe situation. <laughs> it's exactly. And so it feels terrible in the beginning, but very, very quickly, it uses its senses to discover where the sun actually is and when the sun is not there anymore. And within about six or seven days, it will have completely acclimatize itself to the new situation which is just a fancy way of saying it's figured out a way of predicting what's going to happen next in a way to prepare you for that thing in the best way possible and so what is that preparation for a body about when it comes to sleep 
that preparation is making sure that the melatonin is high at the moment when you're starting to feel groggy and sleepy so that you can get to sleep. And conversely, it means that at about 10, 30, 11 in the morning, that the melatonin is as low as possible so that you can be as active as you can possibly be at that moment in the day, meaning you are as alert as you could possibly be, meaning you are as ready as possible for learning, for changing your brain, and for getting a lot of exercise, all the things you need to make sure that you can have a good night's sleep later on. So it's just about making sure your nervous system is ready and able to make these really simple predictions about what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next? Well, adrenaline's going to go up now because I think that this body is getting ready for lots of learning and lots of soccer, right? Or sorry, football in your case, Eric. Sorry. Um, I'm in the um, US, but I'm I'm English, so it's a it's a okay. It's a, it's yeah, a one, you're right? you were right. You're but right in both cases. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and and then at this and then on the other side of of that spectrum, on the other side of that circadian rhythm, making sure that when you are going to bed, that the adrenaline is very low. And so your, your body will try to help you with that. But then if you engage in all of these strange activities that don't fit with that pattern of super low adrenaline before bed and super high uh, uh, adrenaline at the middle of the day when you have to do all your hard things, um, it's, going to, it's going to start to get a little more confused, right? And that confusion, that translates into bad sleep. So mm. it, that, that's a kind of a simple way of looking at it, but essentially it's saying the same thing that Joyce is saying, which is you, you have to make sure that, that the system is prepared for maximum activity to tire it out. And if you reach the peak on that roller coaster, then you'll have a far more effective and deeper trough on that roller coaster later on uh, in the daytime. And then in the amplitude, the bigger that amplitude, the, the better things are, I think. Yeah, and I think also um, don't fool your system that it's uh, in active state while it's actually wanting to be in a downregulated state, right? Mm -hmm. When um, we we all know this sudden, well, well, you wanted to go to bed at 10, maybe 10, 30, 11, and then you didn't. And then all of a sudden you're active again around around 11 30 and uh yeah it, it, it's your your brain fooling you because it isn't um but it's actually well yeah we could look at it from ayurvedic standpoint that we're in the diff in an in a wrong energy going to sleep because it's like a fiery energy around that time but there's all there's um it affects the sleep that you have like the quality of sleep that you have as well, because we need REM, we need REM sleep and it's actually accumulating at the end of the night. So if we go to bed late, it will probably skip a couple of uh, phases that we need to get proper amounts of REM af uh, afterwards. You need your phases of sleep uh, to fully reset your system. And yeah. so what I'm hearing here is you, we need to be in a downregulated state in order for us not only to get the number of hours that potentially we need, but to get the right type of sleep, because, um, yeah, basically, we're not going to get those those all of those cycles, um, which is which is very interesting. Yeah, we all know that we're like ruminating in the, in the night, right? Uh, having thoughts after thoughts, not being able to go to sleep, going out of bed again and then entering bed again um trying to do the whole, whole thing again and again or that we wake up in the night and we can't uh we're, we cannot find the sleep again you know it's it's oft, most often signs of an a too much upregulated system uh maybe chronically you know having too much adrenaline too much cortisol during the day it's about the balance um of course you want to yeah engage in learning activities you want to engage in exercise but you also want to deregulate and like balance the the sympathetic with the parasympathetic and you want it's 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 all about balance <laughs> uh, um yeah and if you don't combine the one with the other uh it will affect sleep absolutely fantastic
I think that's food for thought for everyone um, on the topic of sleep. Um, one other aspect that I did want to um, jump into um, that we're not on the notes, so I'm going to put you guys on the spot here, um, but I, I have trust in your abilities, so um, no worries there. But really, you know, as it relates to people in general, right, this, this whole idea of um, a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, but also taking ourselves outside comfort zones here, right? So, um, you know, you know, as, as Bjorn has mentioned, um, you know, the ability of the brain to be, you know, be able to predict what's going to happen and for us to feel comfortable with, with, with what's ahead of us. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested, um, in optimizing performance right so reaching new heights of performance whether that be as a mother or father whether that be um as Bjorn has mentioned with a street performer or you know um or it could be an athlete right anyone um really just reaching new heights of performance optimizing performance and a big part of that is the ability to perhaps sometimes take yourself outside your comfort zone right so to do things that are more difficult Right. To, um, and there was a wonderful um, um, graphic that I saw on LinkedIn um, today that I just pulled up, which is, you know, a zone. And I'm sure it's much more uh, complicated than this. And I'm sure you're going to prove me wrong. But obviously, with the idea of it, there being a growth zone or sorry, a comfort zone. Right. And then slightly outside of that. I think, you know, Zygotsky termed it the zone of proximal development. I don't know if it was Zygotsky from my um, very basic uh, sports psychology background. Um, the, the Grove Zone, Zygotsky, sorry. Um, and then outside of that, if we go too far out, then it will then, then it will enter the stress zone. Um, any thoughts as to how that relates to neuroscience with regards to what's going on perhaps in our brain when, you know, we, because I think it, there's a big relationship here between um, the ability to um, deal with challenges and, and new stimuli, right? And our ability to be able to to grow as people, right? That self regulation, um, right? So, you know, any any thoughts there? And and I went kind of here, there, and everywhere, but uh, just deal with that. <laughs> I love it. I love the topic. So good. Such an interesting one. I mean, it's it's huge, right? Like, it's it's a hugely important question. Um, it, essentially, it's it's where's the Goldilocks Goldilocks zone for neuroplasticity. Mm. um that's kind of what we're thinking about here is 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 where where is this where where's the zone of uh, goldilocks zone of neuroplasticity and you know it's a little unsatisfying to say but it is true that it is contextual where this zone is right because it's 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 based on on first of all the context in which the learning is happening but it's also extremely uh, uh contextual to as we were talking about before the various uh, uh, hormones and and neurotransmitters that are flowing through this system. I mean, you can use a very simple example and say, well, the the um, the the exact parameters for uh, successful learning for somebody with ADD um, who is reading a textbook is different depending on which chemicals are flowing in his brain, right? And 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 that's a, what what I mean to say. It's different depending on how much dopamine is is being released from a neurotransmitter standpoint in his frontal cortex, and what the relationship is between his limbic system and his frontal cortex. If he's got a bunch of, uh, if he's just taken a large dose of methylphenidate of Ritalin, then his arc of concentration may be forty five minutes. If he hasn't, it may be fifteen minutes. Right. So that's a shifting in the Goldilocks zone of neuroplasticity related specifically to differences in the environment. So these systems are connected with each other, but generally there is still a lot to say about, um, like I said, it, it's the same as what I was saying before. It, there's an infinite number of ways of doing it right, but there's probably an even greater infinite number of ways of doing it wrong. So there, there, there's a lot of ways of doing this incorrectly, but at the same point, at, at, at the same time, you, you have to be very uh, uh, cognizant of all of these different, as many of these factors as you can be. Interesting. So as, as we've said a number of times, um, obviously a context is key and B obviously, as you mentioned, 
Um, there's no one way of doing it right. Um, you know, you spoke about a number of different aspects with regards to, you know, dopamine and, you know, uh, the type of the context that we're in, right? Are there, is there a predictability um, with regards to the type of context we can create if that's, if that's possible to do um, that can almost prime an opportunity. And this is not me trying to take the red pill or the blue pill again, or create the red pill or the blue pill, but again, um, almost, you know, how can we, and I don't want to use the term, you know, um, hack, because it's definitely not a hack, even though it sounds very much like a hack, right? But I guess what I'm trying to say is, right, the context is key, right? So is there a way that, you know, we can, um, you know, put ourselves into certain situations that are going to perhaps, um, you know, elevate our ability to be able to learn or a state that we need to be in, um, in order to prime ourselves to just be open to learning more, as you mentioned right. with the, the the child perhaps with ADHD and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, any any thoughts on 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 the way to be able to kind of perhaps prime that? I, I really appreciate Eric how generous you're being with us because we're giving you such a hard time here. <laughs> but let me let me assure you that that jo even though you're 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 being so nice to us. Joyce has like three or four different strategies in her back pocket that she <laughs> could throw out at any given time to answer that question in exactly the way you want it answered. Because yes, there are pills in the form of behaviors. There are. I think, but I think so, that it's important um, to understand what the options are. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's not like, hey, you yeah. need to do this first, that first, that first, that first. But I think that's what people will, will begin to understand. Oh my God. Like, I don't want people to listen and think, oh, my God, like, I don't know where to start um, because I really don't know what the context is. Like, I really don't. There's no way of me, like, really controlling um, the types of hormones that are being released unless I understand perhaps the actions that I need to take in order to kind of these things happen. And then, you know, as we've mentioned, you need to figure out what works for you. Right. Um, so I guess that's 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 really uh, what I'm trying to, um, you know, I guess if there yeah. is a way. Yeah, I think we started, of course, with uh, answering your question with awareness, right? Get, a, get more awareness uh, uh, about uh, what state you're in, what state your nervous system is in. And I think um, what we also talked about is that like the window of tolerance that you want to increase is... Um, if you play around with this with the different states like the upregulation and downregulation and you go far up you need a little bit far further down to create the balance and it's also like that with optimization for learning so if you and, and that is independent of context i think i think we could broadly say that if you uh, want to optimize your learning balance your learnings uh your learning periods out with well it's actually uh, uh um is stress right balance it out with relaxation and whatever yeah. relaxation that you uh, uh you you can think of right and well maybe don't go into full uh uh deregulated state maybe don't go full into uh go in uh, like a uh, zombie scrolling through your phone. <laughs> I think that is the state that you want to use for balance, but um, a walk in the park, um, sleep, maybe even napping if it's been like vigorous learning. Um, don't nap too much because it will uh, <laughs> affect your sleep pressure. But it is, it is, it comes down to balance. I think it could be meditation. It could be breath work. It could be uh, just walk around the park. It could be uh, relaxing with your uh, kids or uh, cuddling with your partner. You know, it's all, it's all about the balance in stress and uh, well, in sympathetic and parasympathetic states. And with, uh, um, with the increase in stress and the increase in relaxation, you broaden the spectrum uh, in where you can play, like, and also your window of tolerance. Interesting. And it goes up. So. 
Okay, interesting. Okay, so okay, so yeah. what you're saying here is we we equally need stress and as well as obviously that um, that the positive the positive side, right? And we just keep going up on a continuum to slowly increase both, um, which increases our tolerance to be able to deal with both. But m too much of one will will not lead to um, yeah. The no, it will be, but in only. And only if you exactly, and only if 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 you're equally efficient at going lower in your in your behavior, in in your behavioral uh, uh, intensity between those periods of super high intensity. So that that's essentially the the key here. And it's funny because like neuroscience is figuring this out, but we know all three of us from our experiences in sports that. We've known this in sports for a really long time, right? It, it's the, the importance of recovery. Of, yeah. Precisely the importance of recovery and also the, the fact that recovery doesn't work unless you get to a high level of intensity. And high levels of intensity don't work unless you have a lot of recovery. So that is exactly that dynamic that we're trying to find, that high level of amplitude. And really all we're saying, the uh, uh, Joyce and I, as the uh, intrepid uh, uh, folks from the brain over here, all we're saying is, yes, it's the same for your brain. It's the same for your brain. You need to have high levels of intense excitement, frustration, stress, joy, uh, elation, transcendence. And then you have to have really deep periods of recovery where you're really going low, both in your levels of, of physical activity but also in your levels of cognitive activity. And the lowest you go is of course sleep, but there's all sorts of strategies around that that let you go low in other, in, in, in other ways. And for example, certain breathing techniques are part of that. Mindfulness is part of that. Meditation is part of those. There's very many different uh, ways to get to that, to that same uh, result. Yeah, but then we think that low, we, we, we have a really weird understanding of what low is even for recovery of muscles, you know? You know like everyone who goes to yeah. the gym before uh, work takes his protein shake and then goes to work. You know, why would you let yourself be aroused at work while you want the protein to do its work? You know, if you take the protein, please rest. Take the protein at night and give your, give your muscles the rest that they need using all the protein. But don't go to work with all with like the increase in protein well you well the ingestion won't be the digestion then mm -hmm. um, but also um it's it's like um a weird signal to give to your body when it just get, got the signal from food that it could relax and fully uh recover well fully and then you don't then you go into like maximum effort thinking or maybe going into a fight with your uh, manager, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> this fight flights. You know, you go into a full sympathetic modus. And we always think that sports and normal behavior is something different, but it is not. You know, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're in a stressful situation at home, if you have somebody close to you that is sick, or you have relationship problems, you know, it can, it, it all affects your, your, autonomic system you know you could be like in sympathetic state more than you than you like to be uh so it's not only training that is uh, uh the sympathetic um state it is also the rest of your day and then just make a pizza make a pizza with green orange and uh, red parts and just look at your day is, is it giving energy is it fully rest resting or was it arguing when you came home orange red uh, after workout red 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 right and then look at the balance of your pizza yeah so well, I, like and i think this is a fantastic segue um into um something that we spoke about at the start that we you know we were unsure whether we were going to get into um but as you mentioned the need for balance right and um my understanding is super basic uh, around this um polyvagal theory right but really this um this current state of the human experience which is very much in a state of excitedness anxiety stress and fight or flight, right? With regards to, you know, um, 
just constant need for dopamine hits and, you know, through social media and through everything that's going on in the world. And then you switch on the news and there's terrifying things happening. So it's just that almost like, you know, that, that constant fight or flight state that we're in. Right. Um, and we almost become addicted to that process. Right. Um, which obviously we know um, even just from the human experience is probably not conducive to um things like building relationships and um and and just you know generally um you know being a being a good human being right and just enjoying life uh, to the extent a lot of what we've spoken about has been about around the balance and how to almost balance that sympathetic and parasympathetic right um can you speak to you know again without going too far into this polyvagal theory but you know um really just you know how can we how can we begin to take control re take control of our lives right with regards to not living in this constant um cycle of you know oh i'm feeling depressed and 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 sad um so i need a dopamine hit so i'm going to quickly go on social media or 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 i'm going to watch netflix and chill right or i'm going to binge um, you know, pizza and wings and fries, right? Um, and then, do you know what I mean? Because I feel as if we're constantly in this kind of, I don't want to say depressed state, but it's almost like, you know, current society, um, the norm is to kind of be in that kind of state of, um, you know, just almost feeding that, that, um, that, that feeling of, you know, I'm not feeling good. Okay, I'm going to make myself feel better, which is then going to in turn make me feel bad again you know, how can we have more of a, a balanced, um, a balanced cycle there, so to speak, just from the human experience? That's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> well, I think from polyvagal uh, theory standpoint, like, in, like this theory that uh, needs, still needs a lot of research, <laughs> but if you, um, were to think of um, of that we we have a perception you know you know the way that we perceive the world mm -hmm. uh, and another concept in this theory is that we all are able to um, have a neuroception like uh, an instant uh, scan of the situation of the situation or at people from people to uh, scan for safety right and it's it's an unconscious uh, perception so they call it neuroception it's the, the belief that we all have that and uh it is sending out a signal it's sending out signals we of course we are sending out signals of safety if we're constantly in fight flight we are not sending out signals of signals of safety towards other people as well right mm. um but and we but we need other people to feel safe as well because like it's the first like full connection uh, the the mother and the uh, and the child right they need safety between them for literally life for food right you need connection mm -hmm. so we're um you know we can't we we as humans we cannot walk when when we were when we were born we cannot like find our own food when we were born we need something else and that's why we have a, a system uh, built on safety and uh, we are like crazy intelligent in uh looking for safety signals so i would suggest uh and safety doesn't come from your uh, uh iphone safety doesn't come from uh a pizza sometimes it does actually from a pizza <laughs> like comfort food you know not too much but and i think some people seek it in food as well find it in food as well uh, for uh, at least uh, a short a short a short period of time um but connection to other people is what we i think in the core need we are not individualists we need other people we need uh, a true connection we need true, deep listening uh, and it's not it's not actually uh, it's we now looking at each other is not giving the same amount of serotonin, oxytocin, dopamine that we get when we're in real contact without the technology. So talk to your friends more, you know, listen to them more um, do inquiries. 
uh, cuddle more uh, with each other, um, connect more, uh, that will aid our uh, sense of safety, our baseline of safety, and um, yeah, invest in that, I would say. It's a fantastic answer. Yeah, I love that. I love that answer. And I, I think that <clears throat> I think it's right on the money. Like uh, this idea of safety is is so so essential i i'm i'm reminded of a quote um by one of my favorite neuroscientists uh lisa feldman barrett and uh, the, i think she might have been quoting someone but quote was um the absolute best thing for a human nervous system is other people but also the absolute worst thing for a human nervous system can be other people and and it's it's this profound idea that you know our nervous you know our hormones and therefore also the very way that our brain functions is beholden to those around us we are beholden to them and and social media in as much as it has become part of that equation um functions along very similar rules. The only problem is that all of the current most popular uh, uh, platforms, the algorithm has appeared to discover that the way it can create the most activity on the site is by upregulating all the hormones related to stress and danger and worry and conflict and huge reward and like, a sense of almost like a, a sense of almost uh, 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 cocaine like ecstasy as you see all of these all of these likes flood in because everyone appears to love you the the, the reward side of this and the, the 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 fear and the terror and the and the loneliness and the withdrawal side of this all sit on that far end of spectrum away from rest away from recovery Oh, there is, I believe, like to, to stick with this theme of, of it's not about the what, it's about how and when. There is such a thing as a social media site that could actually help us. I think it's possible, right? Mm -hmm. Not profitable, but possible. Money and versus love. Exactly. Yes. Uh, seems to be going in the wrong direction. But like... <laughs> I think it's possible just, just as it is in, in actual social interaction and communication. Yeah. And I love the way that you said that Bjorn, the appearance of love, right? It is actually yeah. what we think it is and what we may be lying to, to ourselves about. <laughs> We're yeah. like cheating on ourselves with the appearance of love, but it isn't the real thing. You know, it's, it isn't the real source that we need. Exactly. We tell ourselves that that's what we want, right? Absolutely. No, absolutely. And um, interesting, you said that, Bjorn. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the new app Fireside. I don't know if it's the if it, the next uh, step of uh, social media, but it's a new platform. Um, it was it was developed by like Mark Cuban and Fine Fatemi. Um, but basically it's more of an interactive streaming. So imagine, I guess, like, imagine like something like uh, a cross between masterclass and uh, a Zoom, um, a Zoom class, right? Obviously you don't have that face-to-face -face interaction, but I, no. I feel it's, it's, it's based off of learning. It's based machines off of, <laughs> yeah, no machines. I know, I know, no machines, right? But well, as we said, so you said social media. Link connection. Like, okay, I understand yes, you. There's yes. this new app. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, he was saying social media and the yeah. potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, well, no, you're so right. Like, you're absolutely I, right. I mean, I, at the moment, I also like there's there's a vested interest here to to do a little bit of triage in the sense that like let let let's realize that let's realize the, the the size of this problem like let's realize that um that uh, a suicide among generation z who grew up who, who who were in you know just beginning puberty around the time that instagram came out suicide around young women has just skyrocketed 
and it's in correlation with social media. And there's a lot of good evidence that those things are, are related, that there's a correlation there that, that, uh, that implies that there's some causation, that it's because of these sites that, that so much, um, that there's higher levels of, of, of suicide among, among teenage girls, but also just, also just think, think about the, that indicator. Think about the amount of unhappiness that's being produced by these, by these networks, right? And, you know, one side of it is the aggression and the, and the level of, of safety you, you, that, that, that is lost when you have things anonymized, when people can be whoever they want and be as mean and, 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 and without, without uh, you know, without being held to account in any way. I think that could help. Dehumanization, right? Dehumanization, exactly. But on the other side of this, you know, we have this, we, we have this sense of being socially ostracized because we're not being given enough validation in the form of likes right which can cause an incredible amount of emotional stress in in the lives of teenagers um and and so on both of these sides it's a really dangerous game uh so i i understand why joyce would be like let's not mm -hmm. <laughs> continue playing with fire but at don't the same do time, it it's a trap it's, it's a trap it's 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 a, it's a trap like exactly the hook, like the hook trap you know the hook model Eric? you should you should definitely have a trap. guest talking about the hook model on your uh, podcast like just explaining how the trap works interesting no, yeah no, definitely got some neuromarketers in here yeah <laughs> no that's that's super interesting um well, I, I guess we could dive uh, much deeper, but I know I've gone way uh, over time. Um, perhaps we can have a part two when you guys, uh, you know, sometime in the summer when things calm down for you, when you're on sabbatical and you, you know, you're going, maybe when you're in uh, a coffee shop uh, somewhere in Amsterdam, we could do it again. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's gone way beyond uh, the normal time frame for our for our podcast so i'm gonna to have to probably uh put this into two parts most likely uh but just uh, already part two it's definitely part two already <laughs> so part three will be next but um um the, we like to end the podcast just with a simple three two one um kind of um you know quick questions uh just to kind of um you know um to, to close so um to start with just and both of you can answer obviously um individually but three resources or books um that you would recommend um you know around the topics that we've discussed today if they want to dive deeper good one hmm. so the first one i'd say is and i already mentioned her today but she's just so amazing and that uh how emotions are made um uh, lisa feldman barrett massively important book for uh, neuroscientists, but also pretty much for everyone when it comes to having a, a deeper understanding of emotions and structures around uh, 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 the formation of emotions, really revolutionary. And in a way talks about a lot of the stuff that we are talking about today. So how emotions are made, definitely worth worth the read. Yeah. yeah and I you got some, uh, Joyce? Yeah, of course, especially for people who, who don't know a lot yet and want to engage in uh, um, science about either breath or sleep. I would for for, for breath work, I would suggest um, James Nestor breathe breath. I think it's it, the book is called. It's a really easy to read book, a little bit of history and a little bit of, of his own experience um used with with uh data science scientific data and uh practical applications so that's a really fun book to read easy to read book and uh, for sleep um matthew walker of course yeah matt walker of course walker. and you could also like listen to his is easy to listen podcasts he divided them in i think bits of 15 minutes just like get on your bike you don't bike you don't cycle right there i do cycle actually i do cycle i stopped running because my ligaments are no good yeah i'm down for that yeah but more than 15 minutes i'm gonna have to watch two i think at least two. yeah well at least listen to a couple of them of course yeah uh, we well bjorn we like we both like to listen to the Huberman podcast i love Huberman. yeah about literally anything neuroscience and behavior related and um they do a, a bigger deep dive 
of course sometimes i think it's uh fundamentally really interesting for me and me too. Been, yeah. yeah okay good but um yeah this the simple versions i think jim's nestor brings about brings it about really nice british calm way and <laughs> mm -hmm. a third maybe bjorn a fourth oh peter atia outlive okay that's that's the book title uh, what's yeah, that outlive. what's the cliff notes of that just oh so good like it's just an extremely deep dive see the thing is the book is called outlive because it has a lot to do with longevity right and living longer but it's just it's just an obsessive and extremely smart doctor's journey through how our body works and how to be healthy. That's, that's what it is. And he's just so deep into, into the literature and he's so intellectually honest. Peter Atiyah's Outlive, fantastic book. And I just want to recommend one more. This is not so much for like, uh, hand, you know, like handy dandy tips and tricks and hacks. This is just more to, to learn a little bit more to learn a little bit more about about a scientific investigation and can help you so much in parsing and better understanding uh all of the pop science and uh, uh podcast information and everything you might consume on on a daily basis is a book called noise by daniel kahneman um what's it called it's called noise noise okay i've read i've read noise. uh the other one thinking is it thinking fast and slow? Yeah, yeah. Fast and amazing book too. Anything yeah. by him is incredible, but noise is really cool because because it 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 it's it just gives a lot of fascinating and shocking facts about how bad experts are at judging things, even mm -hmm. though we assume they're still even though they're the best we got. But there's yeah, that one's that one's that one's awesome too. Yeah, so Atia on uh, noise. And uh, uh, sorry, Atia on Outlive and uh, Danny Kahneman on Noise. Yeah, fantastic. All right, so I think we've got at least more, much more than three, but um, that would be that would be great for our listeners to dive into those. Um, next, two strategies that any we'll call it company, club, university, whatever you want to, whatever you know, insert um, organization here can employ to have a positive impact on holistic development. Is your oh, such a good blue, question. Blue pill, red pill. <laughs> go, Joyce, go. You, you must have like uh, your top two. <laughs> uh, I would. I think I'm. I'm really a fan of the progress principle by um, Theresa Amabile. Nice book, nice research. Uh, great uh, investment in um, co small compliments on small wins throughout the day, uh, in. Uh, well, I think she did research in tech companies, you know, people being busy for 48 hours looking at one like space that needs to be added into the coding system and then have have reached like, uh, n well, nothing or everything. And you could like uh, focus on everything and uh, build up your team by that or uh, neglect uh the effort and uh yeah decline uh your decline the the buildup of your team i like i like that i like the progress principle for companies and of course true connection deep listening inquiries you know L just uh give yourself uh with a friend i don't know a day every day five minutes of free talk where the other one just listens and you be able to make like deep and good connection and mm. do it the other way around as well. And you uh, build up real connection, safety. And yeah, um, that, I think that's what we're born to do. Fantastic. Great answer. Bjorn right. doesn't have anything for that one. Nothing. <laughs> no. Uh, no, absolutely. no, 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 no you're good. I... All right. No, no, no. If you have something, go okay, for sorry. it. I thought you didn't. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you can. No, no, no. We don't have time. Sorry. Uh, no, um, <laughs> let me think. Um, I, uh, so, so you mentioned this a few times, uh, uh, Eric, and I think, I think it bears mentioning again. Uh, it depends on the audience, but especially in, uh, in 
in education that is not post-secondary, but that is in elementary school, middle school, or high school, re-emphasizing growth mindset and trying to implement uh, principles around growth mindset may be the most important thing that that you can do, especially in countries that really um, accentuate uh, competitiveness and that have a tendency to really reward success. Uh, and really reward success in an extrinsic fashion, right? Any, any culture that gives their 16-year-olds a new car because they turned 16 really has to start thinking about growth mindset a little more seriously, in my view. So I'd say growth mindset, and, and on the other side of it, just from a purely practical standpoint, and again, for young people, this is extremely important, I think, is sleep, proper sleep, and specifically read Matt Walker's book, so that everyone understands and respects the fact that there is such a thing as morning robins and night owls, and that night owls need to sleep if they're young, uh, uh, forming uh, minds. If there's one thing that I can say that would maybe make the most difference uh, to neuroplasticity and to improving people's lives, it's that. Wow, that's a mic drop there. Okay, fantastic. And then last but not least, your one big takeaway that you'd want everyone to leave with today? What's your mic drop? Well, I would like to ask you that, Eric. What was the, the one big takeaway wow. at this one and a half uh, hour? Solid I, I, I like how you did that. Solid. I like how you did that. Joyce, I like it and I don't like it. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I have like, you'll see here, like like literally four, four to six pages of notes. Uh, of which I need to um, probably take in a little bit. Um, there's so much join here. Join our course. You may join our course next year. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> put me down. Put me down. Uh, you should put this on the site to 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 for anyone that's interested in in neuroscience. I would say, and I would I definitely do want to hold you to 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 giving us one too. So um, give us a. a you know, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of time as I as I gather my thoughts. I would say the the link between neuroscience and I would say I would guess, and we haven't spoken about it per se, but just the human condition, right? Um, and how important it is um, to understand that there is no blue pill to take and that it's very much a, a learn through understanding um mechanism i think everyone is very eager to um you know listen to these podcasts and find out okay this is the way i need to do things so i'm going to put down you know um you know in in my to-do list i'm going to learn this this and this and every, life's going to be easy right when unfortunately life's just not like that right understanding the context that we're in and awareness being the key as starting point to understanding yourself and then just almost that feedback loop of awareness performance and then reflection right um which i we haven't said um specifically but i think it has been an overarching theme throughout the, the throughout the whole um, podcast and you guys all right i'll go first <laughs> go beyond um, I, I'd say that I I, uh, I I promise I'm not trying to uh, I promise I'm not trying to copy you, Eric. But um, um, whatever the what is that you eventually end up trying to do, whatever the what is that you do, try to spend at least as much time thinking about when you do it and how you do it in context with other things, and your nervous system will be eternally grateful to you. And I will add to that, that we also don't know everything about ourselves in that way. Well, Bjorn used to be an elite athlete, so he has a little bit more knowledge about his, I think, the boundaries in which you like exercise in, exercise and rest in. But um, I think it's not easy to get this awareness. It's not easy to look at the how and the when. Uh, it takes effort and uh, give yourself a break. <laughs> give yeah, yourself a break good. Because before knowing what pill to take, 
you need a lot of other work to do and uh, but also have fun with it you know do this with a friend and don't do this alone and don't get fully frustrated you know just have fun and re relax and also please do scroll a little you know eat the pizza the pizza and eat do bad things as well but it's um it's about don't give yourself a hard time while uh finding out what your uh the recipe for your for your perfect mental and uh, 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 nervous system health is. Fantastic. Great advice there, Joyce. Um, and again, I just want to reiterate that point as well, right? Of As we're trying to find our, you know, our, you know, that, that zone, right? Um, that is, you know, um, right for us, the right context for us, you know, be, be, um, be nice to yourself right be uh be kind be kind to yourself because i think um that can stunt growth just as much as uh doing all the right things right is you know just saying you know that growth mindset that bjorn spoke about of um just understanding that failure is part of the process you know uh failure is probably necessary in order to to continue that um that constant you know um development and reforming of your habits and the way you live your life so fantastic. I think that's so important. Yeah, it's that's not a good, it's not a good message. word. <laughs> it's, no, it's so good. Like, uh, like, like, forgive yourself, you know, or better yet, don't feel the shame that requires you to forgive yourself in the first place. <laughs> but it's not failure, you know. It's it's necessary uh, arousal, and yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and 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 balance it out with. Uh, yeah, or cuddling up in your bed or something as well, you know, just be gentle and kind. Please do that. So, Fantastic, so guys. Fantastic, guys. Uh, listen, we've gone on into so many different areas, um, you know, um, so many different rabbit holes, but I feel as if our listeners are going to get some absolute gold mines from everything that we've spoken about, um, you know, everything from performance to uh, human connection to you know um all of the principles that we've discussed um and as well as the resources as well um where can or where is the best way that our listeners can keep track of your kind of progress i know we we said that we wouldn't talk about social media but um that's probably the only way unless you want people taking flights to amsterdam to come and see you <laughs> <laughs> uh or, or you know um where we're at uh, Utrecht, I Joyce, guess. Uh, I don't even so. know. Like, do you even do social media? Because she's like, on LinkedIn. I know that much. Person. She's <laughs> on LinkedIn, but she's she doesn't I'm, she doesn't. I'm do on much. LinkedIn uh, for this annual post, thanking my uh, the co-hosts on our program to uh, uh, contribute to the program. So um, I'm sorry, I'm not that uh, uh, oh. social media engaged. Do it. Like, Joyce, like LinkedIn. That's, that's the way to go. Yeah, I don't yeah. <laughs> if anyone wants to connect I'll, I'll 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 if it's okay obviously i'll just put that you know and you'll check it the one time a year that you check it um yeah yeah get well, a response, I maybe. check it a lot of course zoom scrolling and all but... <laughs> <laughs> uh no like uh i we're like i i think joyce they're a really linkedin kind of kind of social media people which is to say we're not absolutely yeah <laughs> people I do do that. Uh, the L, yeah. the L. <laughs> exactly. We're both, but I know we're both on LinkedIn. Fantastic. And uh, keeping track of our uh, endeavors, the things that we well, I think there's we we talk about during our own podcast or program or something, but we, that's we're that's only over coffee, and you have, you like you say that once a couple of months to each other. <laughs> so we don't. Hey, have Joyce. Any, yeah. Let's just let's just record our coffee chats and then just put them online and that's a great idea i think i think oh. they need to be I, I will host them so just send them to me and i'll put them uh no I no i mean play. it's incredible i think you know the 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 balance between um knowledge and you know evidence um um coupled with obviously just that the real life um grind <laughs> of just not knowing like you know there's just some things that are not just black and white right there's uh, we live in the gray area so i just wanted to thank you both uh for being so generous with your time so generous uh diving deep into perhaps um some topics um you know that you hadn't spoken about before some that you definitely have 
Um, and yeah, I just wanted to thank you on behalf of our listeners. So thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having us, Eric. It was nice thanks to so see much. you. It was great. Great to meet you, Eric.